This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is The Property Show and I'm Mark Tan. The government has been busy grabbing headlines this month over the topic of homes, notably the concept of affordable homes. On 1st June, Prime Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim asked the Local Government Development Ministry to review conditions set for housing developers to ensure that they provide affordable housing for all mega-projects developed. Anwar said this was necessary as the requirement for these projects to include at least 30% of affordable housing was not followed according to the schedule and skill set. Then about a week later on 11 June, Local Government Development Minister Nga Kong Ming says Malaysia home ownership has reached nearly 77% but would like to see it reach 100%. Naturally, the majority of the 23% that still do not own a home either have a preference to rent or come from the vulnerable B20 segment. But what is or should be an affordable home? Currently, a low-cost home is defined to be under 42,000 ringgit. But is this definition correct? To help us understand the complexities, challenges and policies of defining and supplying affordable homes, we have with us Dr. Carmelo Felito and Professor Consul Stan from the Centre for Market Education and Xiamen University. Good morning, Carmelo and Consul, and welcome to The Property Show. Good morning. Good morning. Now, let's take a big step back first and ask a very basic fundamental question. Do we have the right definition for what is an affordable home for the B40 segment? This is, a, I think, a million-dollar question, and... Um, Myself and councils uh, indeed are working together to find uh, a better measurement for uh, affordability. And um, there are actually, we, we use in the conversation always the price to income ratio. So in order to, to define uh, affordability, you should have a house that is uh, uh, valued at uh, less than three years of salary of an household to, to cut it short. And should there be a clear distinction between an affordable, low to medium cost home versus a social housing project? Sure. Because um, basically by definition, um, low cost housing um, is priced um, less than 42000 Whereas for affordable housing, um, we in general, we price it between 42000 to 400000 But um, actually social housing also referred to low cost housing which is um, less than 42000 So what should be the pricing threshold to define an affordable home? Is it 300000 Is it 250000 Or given the fact that we've just come through a period of inflation where construction costs have, have picked up, would a more realistic definition be 500000 And shouldn't this, also these definitions be reviewed on an annual basis given market conditions? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> You, you 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 have to pay attention to the rising OPR as well. Yeah. So I think we, we should always review the definition for the affordable housing. Correct, because I would argue that even the M40 today is having an issue to yes. gain access to an affordable home. Mm. Yeah, just, just allow me to say on, on this, of course, the definition before the M40, T20 is just a statistical matter. Uh, but also there are a lot of geographical differences. So Yeah, um, we are still struggling yeah, with the locational and structural attributes as well as the housing preferences for the home buyers with a strategic locations, including the public transports. Yeah. 
Now, I think we touch upon the definition of an affordable home, but that's just looking at the raw unit cost by itself. But if you want to build an affordable home and you want to build a community behind it, we should also be looking at the cost to develop the supporting infrastructure, utilities, schools, clinics, public transport, you know, and sports and recreational facilities and parks needs to be provided for. So my question is, what should the role of the government and state agencies be? Example, a DB Carroll or PKNS, because they have the land banks to begin with to be able to build this holistic communities. Yeah, I think everyone has their role to play, whether it's DBKL, PKNS, or any government-linked agencies. Whoever that have land banks, they can develop homes on a non-profit basis. Affordable housing should be made available to all income groups by following the market signals, which are the demand and supply, yeah? um, price, location, quality, and house size. Because some of these new housing projects, right, they may be located far from their workplace and it's difficult for these home buyers to travel or they have to stay near to family members and aging parents. So the travel costs and the time will add on to their expenses and burden. So we have to look at the, not just the home ownership, but also social mobility. To add on to what councils just say uh, about the promotion of social mobility, uh, I, I do believe that uh, government agencies should step back from the role of developers uh, because they don't respond to market signals because they are outside of the market. And uh, uh, the role should be to support uh, low-income low households with, uh, with, with rental schemes, so with partial rent support, so to keep the people in good locations and give them access to good job opportunities through a mechanism of rent support. Because I think that by pushing on home ownership, we are doing a basic uh, mistake, which is uh, giving a moral statement. So owning a house is better than renting. And we should not give that value judgment. It's just a matter of trade-offs. Because if you are, an example, a young professional and you want to be open to job, good job opportunities comes from abroad, or from a different city, then you you are not interested in having in having a home because obviously uh, a long term financial commitment is not consistent with the need for mobility. So the government should stay away from this kind of value judgment and put the people to in the conditions to make choices that are consistent with their preferences. So putting the people in the possibility to buy a house if they want to, not selling home ownership as an absolute value. So should the government be supplying or take the full responsibility of offering social housing projects on a pure rent or rent-to-own schemes, a model here usually associated with PPR flats for this segment? I think let, let, let me stress this. So we are facing an issue which depends on the income level of the people. And then you can build so many houses that you want but then you are not addressing the problem, which is not an housing market problem, but an income, uh, society income problem. And uh, to address that, you, you can have eventually a temporary solutions with, uh, with these uh, social houses, but you are not addressing the problem. You are just giving a roof to the poor, which will remain poor forever with a roof. The, the main target of the government should be to help me people moving away from poverty not just giving a roof to the poor. 
income is the traditional and primary criteria to purchase a home. However, as we were talking about it, affordable homes for the B40 segment, should other approaches be considered to determine a person or a family household's eligibility criteria to qualify for low-medium cost home? I think that uh, income uh, should remain the, the main criteria for a very simple reason that uh, if people do a financial decision which is beyond their possibility and banks agree uh, to this, they are actually putting this household in a very uh, unstable financial position for the long term and making them vulnerable to the cyclical fluctuations uh, that are normally present in the economy. And, and uh, on that side, I want to stress one thing that um, more or less household debt over GDP in Malaysia is 85%. And uh, if I look at home ownership at 77% and household debt at 85% of the GDP, as a policymaker, if I was a policymaker and policymaking is always about trade-offs, I would say that I have a problem of household debt, not on home ownership. Are there any models around the world for affordable homes and social housing projects that Malaysia can benchmark against? I know that many people look at Singapore as a model, but I would like to stress a couple of criticalities around Singapore. First of all, the limited territory, limited and homogeneous territory, which makes the case of Singapore extremely different from the case of Malaysia. And second, that the fact that the choice of the Singapore government to enter heavily uh, the housing market for, for the average individuals has basically crowded out uh, private developers. And therefore, it is true that it is maybe easier to own a house in Singapore, although I have my doubts on that. But even if we give that for granted, uh, you can have a house in Singapore, but you can have only one type of house. On the property show this morning is Dr. Carmelo Felito and Professor Consul Tan from the Centre for Market Education and Xiamen University. When we come back from the break, we look at the role of government and private sector in supplying affordable homes. This is BFM 89.9. Welcome back to the property show where we have Dr. Carmelo Felito and Professor Consul Tan from the Centre for Market Education and Xiamen University. Before the break, we look at the definition of affordable homes and the eligibility criteria for the B40 segment. We understand that each Malaysia state has different criteria and not only criteria but processes. So what would it yes. take um, for the country as a whole to standardize this across the 13 different states that we have? Um, I think we it's, it's very difficult here for us to really standardize it because uh, we, we are not like um, in Singapore where we have a centralized board like the HDB to, to, to have the the structure, the framework to work together in, in, in together in one state, but we have 13 states. Um, but wouldn't the KPT be able to take a more active role in this? Because um, land issue in Malaysia is actually under the jurisdictions of state governments. So um, as such, policies and guidelines related to housing may different from states to states. But of course, it would be good to have some standardization especially in Selangor and KL, because it's quite confusing for those areas that located within Klang Valley. So we, I, I think we should um, have a clear guidelines on these uh, processes and uh, eligibility criteria take into consideration of the land cost as well. 
Uh, I totally agree with you. We can't benchmark Singapore completely with entire Malaysia, which has 13 states and obviously very different geographical conditions. But can't we model Singapore's HDB, which have achieved 80% home ownership rate in the country, to just clang valley? I mean, why can't Selangor and KL adopt a HDB type of format housing here? Um, I think if let's say we are looking at um, Singapore as, as our benchmark, uh, first, we need to understand um, the prerequisite for a successful public housing program was the availability of the inexpensive land. And the Singapore government paid much attention to amending the legislation on land acquisition. So with the amendment of the Land Acquisition Act, right, there was no private landowner should benefit from development which had taken place at public expense. My question is, can Malaysian government or even the state government of um, Selangor and uh, Kuala Lumpur yeah, amend the Land Acquisition Act? Of course, uh, it is a complicated process, which is not just amending the act, but the acquisition process involves meticulous calculations of compensations for assets at market value, effective forward planning and coordination in the integrated housing. Um, we understand that the Prime Minister, Data Sri Anwar Ibrahim, is seeking tighter reinforcement of the requirements for private developers to include at least 30% of affordable homes in their developments. But as we rightfully have agreed here, private developers are for-profit organisations and the affordable homes costs, um, that cost will be passed through to the other units inflating their selling price. So is it fair that an M40 has to subsidise a B40 home? And is this model actually a sustainable one in the longer term? Um, I think when we look at these um, questions or this concept, it is more favorable to have the state governments or relevant agencies to accelerate the development order approval processes. So because this is going to put on higher risk and uh, as a pressure factors on the prices from the supply side. So all the two strict requirements that surround the building of affordable homes, um, such as minimum size, price, partially furnished, et cetera, et cetera, is going to impede sound coordination between supply and demand. But I suppose my question is, and, and this was echoed by Reda. So Reda has come out with a statement that to make housing more affordable for all Rakyat, the government should be fully responsible for the delivery of affordable housing as it was over 50 years ago and as it is in many countries. That's a Reda statement, right? What are your thoughts on this? I think uh, Reda is trying to push back because indeed applying 30% as a, as a fixed figure is a completely uh, nonsense. It doesn't have any uh, economic logic behind. And the main problem remains the same. That doesn't take you know, into account the stock of existing houses. So you assume that you will have new people that keep on buying new houses and the stock is just uh, thrown away. So a better way to change regulation is indeed to remove all the su supply side restrictions like quotas, minimum size, the idea of minimum number of parking lots, bumiputra quotas, all, all these kind of things. We should just throw them in the dustbin and then let's remain focused on studying what's going on in the stock, in the existing stock of, uh, of houses, which is where affordable homes are. So, Carmelo, are you trying to say that in terms of the stock out there, there is ample supply of affordable homes? Uh, for sure. I don't hear complaints of people that don't find the house 
uh, in the market. We, we, we don't hear that there is not enough uh, supply uh, of, of houses. Eventually, we hear about oversupply in uh, the primary market for certain segments. But actually, if you look at the, at the statistics of the overhang in the primary market, you will find the overhang even in the affordable segment. Rather, the overhang in the, in the, in the affordable segment is, is even growing. So it means that most probably the demand is, uh, is not there. So today, we have several agencies such as Prima, Ruma WIP, Ruma Selanguku, Sharika Puruma Nagara Bahad, and a host of other agencies supplying affordable homes. But my question is, how has their performance been and who's exactly monitoring their performance? Um, I think the answer is no one. <laughs> because we should have a centralized waiting list and website to be used for all these applications. And... Again, let's take Selangor as an example, yeah, because Selangor is a state with a higher level of urbanization with many districts. And currently, the list of affordable housing projects is available on the website of uh, Program Rumah Selangor Ku and Scheme Smart Seva, uh, Seva is um, available on the website of Perumahan dan Hardana Selangor Syndrome Bahad. Two different websites. So the separations of agencies and multiple sources is not helping in... Um, improving accessibility to the information and assistance that we, we need from the government. So it's very important that we, we, we have a centrally controlled waiting list where we can give priority to households that um, they, they need resettlement or based on first-come, first-served basis. Does this go back to my earlier point about the fact that there may not be enough transparency in the process of applying for these affordable homes uh, leading to mismatch and potential abuses. Yes, I, I totally agree with that because the obstacles that we are having now is um, not in, not enough information disseminated to the people, the mechanisms of application and which developers are participating in this initiative. So it would be good for all these um, government agencies to enhance the public communications on their initiative Educating the home buyers who are eligible, let's say we are looking at young people, um, low and medium income groups, and make the outcomes transparent to every one of us. The Prime Minister has instructed the Local Government Development Ministry to review conditions set for private housing developers to ensure that they provide affordable housing for all mega projects developed. So hypothetically, if you were in the ministry, which parts of the policy, conditions and incentives would you look at reviewing and what would be your recommendations? But again, I will scrap totally on <laughs> this kind of policy, if you know, because again, it's just a way to, to make houses more expensive uh, somehow. And so I would uh, review completely uh, the role of the government in, in the housing market, which should, uh, should be more on the social side. And again, not as a developer, but rather as... Uh, supportive for rental scheme and realizing that the poor with a roof remain poor. So the, the, the issue is moving people away from, from poverty and developing a substantial program of rent support for moving the, the poor people away from the ghettos. Yeah, like, like we discussed, yeah, um, affordable housing is necessary for all income groups. But um, I think we still need to leave um, private developers out from here because 
private developers, they should continue to provide adequate housing for other income groups. For government agencies, they shall focus on supplying low cost, uh, low medium or medium cost housing that price below 100K. Yeah? Then um, for the affordable housing that price from, let's say, 250000 to 500000 shall be supported by other, um, other initiatives such as um, IMNICI, rent-to-own scheme, prima rental homes, or the scheme smart seba to ownership, or even partnership with private developers and, and other initiatives. Carmelo and Corsils, thank you very much for your time. It's been insightful having this conversation with you. On The Property Show was Dr. Carmelo Felito and Professor Consilstan from the Centre of Market Education and Xiamen University. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.